There'd be a lot of poop in my hands. I've <laughs> <laughs> seen a six-foot alligator go swinging through the air and slam into a tree. These guys are the scientists of the supernatural, lecturers leaving lessons for inquiring laymen. They are applying the scientific method to a world that baffles science. They are the cryptids of the corn. But who else has big black wings and red eyes? Um, Batman. Oh, Mothman. Oh yeah, Mothman. A great white shark was stolen. Oh, someone stole a shark? I got stuff for you you don't even know about. She's a witch, she turned me into a newt. Who knows? Anything could be possible. Anything could be possible. It's really big mm -hmm. abduction vibes. Holy moly. It sounds like you were abducted. And it just stood up. I mean, it just like kept going and going. And she goes, what the Welcome back to Crips the Corn Podcast. I am the great and powerful mystery. And I am Jay Clone 74. <laughs> and we have a lumberjack inspired episode, if you couldn't tell by that. Great improv at the beginning. Yeah, all impromptu. Yeah, I didn't tell him about any of it. Get your axes ready for this one, fellas. So this is episode 49 of season three. You know what that means. Bump, bump, bump. Well, we have a lot of new new listeners. They may not understand the format. Oh. Let's tell them. Real quick. So, episode 50 of every season. So our seasons run about 50 episodes. There's a little bonus. You know, there's always bonuses here and there kind of thing. Right. Uh, but our 50 numbered episodes are in a season. Episode 50 is normally a big hitter. It's normally a three to four parter. Uh, examples are Mothman and Loch Ness. Right. Um, so get ready for... So that means... Wednesday, big will, things are coming. Yeah, Wednesday will start the season finale, uh, but we won't be back. So after the season finale, we'll take our little break. However long the season finale lasts, it may be three episodes, maybe four episodes. I don't know, uh, but we'll come back officially the thirty first of July. It will be our actual episode, like season four start. Um, but yeah, so this how it goes. You know, it's a big multi parter episode. They're really hard to research because we try not to we try not to leave anything out. This topic I left I had to leave stuff out, and it's still a hundred and seventeen page script. Well, let's not scare them off quite yet. I just feel bad because it's just I don't like leaving Let stuff on the table, but literally, so much. Let's just leave it there. Uh, but this episode, so since Wednesday, we kind of switched them around. Since that's going to be the season finale is on right, Wednesday. Right. This is going to kind of be a shorter impromptu episode. With enjoyment, we're still going to do our you know, Patreon shoutouts. We're still going to do our new reviews, all of our top of house stuff, because we're not going to do that in the season finale because it's too much. There's already so much. Right. So let's get to uh, what do we got first? Reviews or Patreon? Uh, let's do it first. Paranormality Magazine, as always. Oh, yeah. If you could buy anything Paranormality, Paranormality Magazine, use a corn crew, and we get a kickback from it. Yep. Uh, P.O. Box. That is, our, if you want to send us art, if you want to send us snacks, you want to send us anything, yeah, anything send, at all. Send us a letter of encouragement. Yes. Use our P.O. Box, and that is P.O. Box 75, ADA, ADA, Ohio, 45810. Uh, that'll be in the show notes as well. Yep. Anything you want to do, uh, 
Uh, as of recording this, our merch page is active and running. It's, you know, you go to cryptosthecorn.com uh, and then go to merch and you hit that little shop button. Now, there should be, as of now, we'll, we'll see because we record a week early, there should be the Tundra to the Tropics t-shirts available. These are only available to like the like to the last week of September. Uh, they're really cool arts, so go check them out. But you, they're only they're going to be printed in a different style. They're going to be in the same t-shirts, though, so don't worry. Like they're going to be our nice soft t-shirts we get. Oh yeah, only the softest. But fruit. they're going to be printed in like a full color, non-bleached version. Yeah. Uh, but it's two really cool arts. They haven't been released yet. Uh, hopefully they're up there. If not, I'm I'm promoting it before it gets there. Right. They will only be uh, available to the last week of September. Do you remember the last week of September? Yes. <laughs> um, conferences. We have a lot coming up. This is like we had our little summer break, but now they're starting to come. The first weekend of August, that Friday and Saturday, is the Hocking Hills Bigfoot Festival. Going to be a lot of people there. Yeah, we're then we're uh, we're speakers there. No, wait, uh, we're vending. I'm oh, sorry, we're vending. Yes, 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 we're vending. We're vending. The other one we're speaking. We're speakers, yes. Uh, so we're vending at that one. Come hang out. Depending on how, who comes, and if you're a cool cat, we may invite you back to hang out after the event. <laughs> I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Mm, no, uh, we have a we uh, rented a cabin, <laughs> so we may have a little like fire with listeners and stuff like that. Oh, okay, that sounds a little bit more appropriate. I don't know what you were getting at. I'm never inappropriate. <laughs> no, because uh, we're, we're just if you guys are there, you know, we'd like to hang out with you and everything. Yeah. Uh, so let us know if you're coming to the Hockey Hills Bigfoot Festival, so I can kind of plan. How many people, and I can make sure we have the stuff, like the, the ability to house, not house, the ability to host host yeah. that many people. You were close. Uh, Squonkapalooza. We are speakers at this one. Correct. Do you remember the date? That is August. Is it 26? I want to say it's 26. Yeah. If not, it's on our Facebook page. And it's in? Uh, Jamestown, Pennsylvania. Is it James or John? Johnstown? Johnstown. Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Johnstown, Pennsylvania. You know, the, all the names are about the same. We're speakers of that one. Come hang out. Once again, if you're coming, let us know. We try to do the same kind of thing where we'll try to have a fire or something afterwards to right. hang out with our peeps. Yeah. Uh, it's their first annual Squonkapalooza. So oh, yeah. It's going to be so much fun. Let's make it a big one, guys. If you're around the area, let's let's all go. We'll have a good time there. Uh, then ours. Fortean Airwaves. How do you say it? Fortean Airwaves. F-O-R-T-E-A-N. And this is October 6th through the 8th. It's a whole weekend thing here at Ada, Ohio. It's got who? Um, it's got Cryptids of the Corn podcast, uh, Uncomfortable podcast, To Kill the Mockingbirds, uh, uh, Appalachian Intelligence, The Bump, and Hollow Sky podcast. Woo. So it's going to be a big co- podcasting conference where you can kind of meet all of us and talk to all of us, hang out with all of us at the venue. Uh, there's there's two podcasters panels. There's one on Friday, one on Saturday. Uh, there's like we're all going to speak. We're all going to have merch. Uh, there's a pancake breakfast at the Bowling Alley on Sunday. Uh, right. It's all included in the ticket price. We're all just going to hang out. We're going to each do a show, and you guys get a lot watch it live, and just have fun and be up and close and personal and watch all this magic happen right before your eyes. That's forty in airwaves. Check out. Uh, we got. We'll have links on our website or on our Facebook page on the show notes below. Um, come check it out. Tickets are limited. There's only going to be two hundred tickets, and that's it. They're already selling. So once you're in, you're in. If you miss out, you're going to have to get catch us on the next tour. All right. Uh, last of the updates before we get into reviews. Uh, the best way to contact us is email, and that's cryptosacornpodcast at gmail.com. We still need more stories for season four. So Wednesdays now, 
are going to be uh, we're going to try to do listener submitted stories or encounters or whatever. Right. Uh, paranormal related. It can be ghosts. It can be Bigfoot. I don't. You know, something in the field that we that we cover. Even dreams. Some of them, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but basically, write it up the most detail you can. Send it to the email, and tell us if you want us to use your name or not. Um, and then basically, it'll be every Wednesday. We're just gonna cover one. So like, I know a couple of the guys have submitted like three or four, which is perfect. Right. But we're only gonna do one at a time. So whether it's a short or a long story, it's only gonna be one at a time to help us get through the whole season. Right. So I think we have ten or twelve stories already. We need twenty five for the season for season four. Why only t- not fifty? Because half they're only half of our episodes are those. Uh, what are the other half? Our oh, normal episodes, interviews and stuff, and normal episodes. Gotcha. No interviews will still be on Wednesday. Oh yeah, duh. I was thinking fifty weeks. That's a whole year of. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. <laughs> no, so please uh, email us your encounters, email us your stories, uh, anything you feel like sharing. We, like I said, I have some backlog, but we'd love some more. Right. Anything to add before I get into reviews? No, let's just get the reviews. Oh, I, there's one more thing. And I'll try to I'll try to announce this for the season finale too. Uh, when season four releases, we're changing the release time. Oh, that is new. We're going to do five a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you're one of our midnight people, we have a lot of you. Sorry, but it's I, from what we've been told, the algorithms and everything. We sh- would do better if we release at around like five a.m. Right, and you got to please the algorithms. It, it just helps us grow. Right. If anybody has a really high uh, not wanting to do that, let us know. We'll, you know, yeah. we're not set on this like hardcore, but with something we wanted to try. Right. All right. You ready, Jay? Yeah, I am ready. All right. The first, I have three from Spotify and two from Apple. Okay. And once again, if you're an international Apple listener, email us your review also, because this one was hidden from me for a long, for a while. Hey, I don't know why it does or acts I just don't understand it like sometimes. Like, some Australian ones it posts, and some it doesn't. Right, exactly. It's so And weird. I had to go find this one. Uh, anyways, so, yeah. Okay. Lacken, Lackenum Major. L-A-C-H-L-A-N. Okay. Lacken? I don't know. Lacken? What's in a name? Uh, major. Uh, I love how you get straight into it and don't mess around. And when you do, it always seems, va- or when you do get off topic, it always seems vaguely relevant. I've learned a lot, and now I can put a name to my experience, 10 out of 10. Well, thank you. That's awesome. Thank you, Major. Flavius 2016, F-L-A-V-I-U-S. Flavius. Flavius. There are some tribes in Africa whose diet consists mainly of cow blood mixed with milk. Could the nutrient value, could it be a nutrient value of the blood? And that was posted on our cattle mutilations episode. So gross. Uh, I don't know. It may be, uh, there's like... Those tribes, I believe, are doing it for, like, iron and stuff like that, and their diets are very deficient. I mean, it sounds nutrient-beneficial, or I don't like know. Like, our digestive systems only pull a very limited amount of stuff out of blood. Mm-hmm. Like, blood is something we don't digest well. Unless you're a vampire. Mm-hmm. It's one exception. I, I bet it looks like strawberry milk. I bet it's wonderful. And Mandy. Love your guys' work. We recently listened to the Art Bell Archives PC and guest was talking about a type of UFO called rods. The guests believe that they were uh, organic and consumed through the air. I think they're right. Yeah. Uh, rods are something we haven't covered because I believe a lot of them are bugs. A lot of them are birds. Yeah. On film. So, like, we did a little bit of it a long time ago where we talked about flap speed of some bird species and shutter speed of some cameras. 
and like birds will be like so three or four times as fast as they can flap or some insects three right. or four times uh so that's what causes that blur motion looking like a rod is because it's four yep. the bug is basically four pictures of the bug in one actual snap of the camera right i, I understand what it's you're a saying. hard thing to explain i understand what you're saying let's get to let's get to some apple reviews Chomp into this cryptic cob with these guys. <laughs> I've been a subscriber for a while and am, and am thoroughly enjoying their weekly shows. Informative, insightful, and, and thought-provoking community. The juicy cob content isn't <laughs> bad either. Just saying. Well worth chomping down on this cryptic cob. Keep up the great work. JoJo from Australia. Thank you, JoJo. Thank that, you, JoJo. That was wonderful. I know. I was trying like to read it and not laugh. <laughs> Biting this juicy cob. Okay, the last one I have is fantastic. Thank you for all the entertaining and informative podcast. I especially enjoy the high standard of respect in every episode. No one is ridiculed for sharing their experiences with a cryptid or unusual experience. The humor between the host is great. Mazel tov on the new baby, and thank you for all you do. And ah. This is from uh, Cronorius. Okay. C-E-R-N-O-S-I-C-E. I, it was too fast. I don't know. but. C N-O-S-I-C-E-N-O-S-I-C. Oh, gosh. Cernosice? I don't know. Cernosice? Maybe. If we butchered your name, we're sorry. But thank you for the review. Yeah, I mean, that's all. I'm just, I don't know. Sometimes I'm just blown away every time. But how people enjoy us. Okay. Even I don't enjoy me most of the time. Patreon. T. Hill. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, T. Hill. Thank you, T. Hill. Uh, now you ready for the topic? I am. What are we going to talk about today? Lumber lore monsters. Ooh, the lumber lore. There's okay. a lot of these out there. Yeah. We're only we're just going to do three. Okay. Uh, they're kind of short, but that's why we're doing three. You just want to get right into it? Yeah, let's do it. The Wapalusi. Wapalusi? The Wapalusi. And I love... So this is from Fearsome Creatures of Lumberjack Folklore. It's a book. Okay. Uh, I just love they give all of them scientific names. Geomyotridaeus clerotretrotrius. Okay. It's a really big scientific name. I wonder what it actually means. This is from the fearsome creatures of lumberjack folklore in North America in the early 19th and 20th century. It was said to have lived in the damp forest of North Idaho by the St. Joe River in, at the Pacific Coast, or to the Pacific Coast. It was the size of a sausage dog. It has the feet and toes of a woodpecker. It tails also spiked, which helps it climb the trees. The Wallop Lucy feeds only on mushrooms that grow on trees and is said to become very or said to become very agile at climbing, much like a squirrel. Mm. So this thing looks like oh, imagine a wiener dog. Okay. Then imagine the wiener dog has uh, bird legs. Bird legs? Yeah, so like four, a woodpecker. So four, four bird legs. Okay. Then imagine it has a scorpion tail. Okay. And then imagine like the front of it kind of looks like a big mouse. Like the head. Giant ears. Okay. I mean, that's quite the interesting creature. So if, if you guys don't know already going into this, <laughs> the lumber lore is are all, what, what would you say, just creations of... Not all of them. I guess not yet. So... Most, I don't what know. What happens is a lot of times, in my opinion, lumberjacks seen natural phenomena and they made a creature to explain the natural phenomena. Right. Most of the time. Uh, 
stuff like we talked about a couple weeks ago, the slide rock bolter. Right. You know, it was it I was mean, to explain landslides and all this stuff that looks like a giant creature was causing it. Most famous example is the squonk, I would probably say, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and that's become the most famous. Slide Rock Bolter used to probably be the most famous Lumberlord cryptid oh, ever. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Uh, recent years, it's become the squonk. Squonk's overtaken it. So, yeah, for in terms of relevancy, the squonk, you know, they were finding these puddles of foam or, you know, something on the ground. And so they created the squonk creature to explain how those puddles got there. Um, and we, you know, we speculate what it could be, but that's just kind of how the origins of most of these pop up. You ready for some sightings? Okay, yeah. A lumberjack story tells of how a hunter once shot a wallaloose, a wall wapaloosie, on an investigation, and upon investigating the corpse, he decided to make a pair of gloves out of its skin. <laughs> he tanned the skin and made the gloves with great care, with the fur on the outside. But when he pu- when he put them on. To show off his, to his friends, the most bizarre thing happened. When he picked up his axe, the gloves naturally moved by themselves to the top of the axe blade. The man dropped the axe in horror and discovered that whatever he picked up, his hands would climb to the top of. Because they could no longer find a tree, he, uh, he then described, or described them as useless gloves in the living wall of Lucy gloves were last seen climbing the logs in the forest. That's pretty cool. Um, so this guy made a pair of gloves out of them. Right. And their Wallop Lucy is so good at climbing that that's all this kid wanted to do was climb. It's just one of Oh, so it climbed to the top of the axe. I get mm-hmm. it. Okay. Shoot, I want those gloves. I want to start climbing trees and stuff. Just put them on my feet. I'll I wonder make- if it just rip your hands off as it went. <laughs> I mean, maybe if you resisted. Um, maybe I don't know, but this creature ain't that big. I think you can out muscle it. No, no, the creature's dead. You're just wearing its skin, right? But you know, it can't. Do like... you become? Oh, so they're in uh, Monster Hunter. Oh, they are. No, I said in Monster Hunter. Oh, okay. There is the uh, Fatalis, which is the truest, like the hardest core dragon. Like it's the destroyer of civilizations. Okay. If you make armor out of Fatalis after you kill one. The armor will slowly start growing around you, and become, you'll become a new Fatalis. Oh. So, like, wearing Fatalis armor is, like, seen as, like, really bad, but it has the best stats in, like, the whole game. Right, yeah. Mm. But you start becoming a Fatalis. So what you're saying is the Wap- What if what? you started, you wear Wapalusi, you yeah. start becoming a Wallapalusi? Gosh, I wonder what would change first, your feet or your tail? Probably your hands. Well, you're just gonna look. You're just going to look down, and you're going to be, like, woodpecker hands. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. And then the gloves will be on your shoulders, like, massaging fur out of your skin. Ooh, that'd be nice, actually. And then, you'll like, your arms and legs will shrink up one night, and now you can't get out of bed anymore. This sounds like a cartoon short or something. Yeah, there you go. The man who created the Wapalusi gloves. <laughs> in the new book, Fearsome Creatures, the one that came out in 2015, the Wapalusi was the most innocent and least dangerous of all 20 of the fearsome creatures in the book. However, the rodent is both falsely accused and indirectly responsible for the Harlequin Massacre of 1993. What? Yeah. One of the world's, or the worst disasters in Washington history. Aside from Washington, the Wapalusi lives in British Columbia in the Pacific Northwest. The Wapalusi is formerly a mouse and is a chinchilla, or the, the offspring of a mouse and a chinchilla. The prequel terms for more than one Wapalusi is Wapalusim. Hmm. I like how they... Give the scientific names, the plurals, like everything. Plurals, not prequels. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. The creature's fur has the ability to come back to life even after it's been killed and sewn into clothing. 
The wild blue sea has a spike at the end of its tail. It helps it climb trees. The flesh is sour in taste. Mm. The wild blue sea is harmless and adorable, and that is the low or the lowest fearsome level of all the twenty creatures of the book. The wild blue sea is gray rings on its body and has the toe or has two toes on each of its four feet. Cat whiskers, acute baby eyes, and sometimes black hair on its head. And the scientific name changed in this new book. Oh. To Adorbless, Adorbless. <laughs> oh, that's nice. So a little bit of changing with the, the lore from the old book versus the new book. Right, yeah. you got to upgrade. It is mostly compared that to an I.I. Oh, okay. I know what those are. Uh, which is a marsupial. Right. Not a marsupial, sorry. A lemur. Oh, okay. my gosh. Lemur. Too it's much. Weird. I, it's weird. I knew kind of what you meant, but I just went or with the it. other weird. But then I realized that's not right. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a lemur. Hmm. So it's a lemur with bird Feet, t- legs, I got bird legs. Um, mouse hat, I mean, <laughs> mouse hat with whiskers. They don't explain how it caused uh, the the Hoklam. I, I was the Hoklam massacre. I was going to ask H-O-Q-U-I-A-M. you about that. H o q u i a m q u i a m Hokium. I don't know the Hokium massacre. I don't know. I don't know what that is. I'm sorry, guys. We'll have to research that. But uh, why don't you look it up while we're on break? Oh, okay, good idea. No, go ahead. Oh, okay. Because we're going to take our little break, and then we're going to move in to the second part, which is two more of these fearsome creatures. Okay. All right, guys. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. We Hope you enjoyed that break. You know, we did so much. Yeah. Whether you, you know, got you a drink at the local uh, rest stop or you're at home and you just got yourself a refreshing beverage out of the fridge. Welcome back. Did you find it? I did. I'm reading about it right now. Is it horrible? It's just saying the death of the Hokiam. The deaths of Hokiam couple were ruled a murder suicide. I mean, so how did the, I don't really want to get into the okay, it's so pretty graphic. The Wapalusi caused a murder suicide. I don't understand how, unless maybe because uh, it involved a stabbing through a chest cavity. So maybe it's tail. Uh, may <laughs> I don't know. You ready for the next one? Okay. Yes. I this one's a, like a little tiny short description. Like a lot of these lumberjack ones are really tiny. The rump, okay. Rump, tits full. Let me read that. Where's it at? Okay, the rumped, rump defusal. The rump defusal. Can't read. That's a weird, Villus that's a rough one. Stumpius. Uh-uh. Stumpius? Villus Stumpius. Okay. How do you say it? Stumpius? No, the actual name. Oh, rump defusal? The rump defusal. Rump defusal is a large creature that sleeps with its body are wound around a tree trunk. This action would make it look like the fur coat attached to the tree itself. Mm-hmm. It has a long, fine pelt with a rich color like a mink. It's a fearsome and poses great, or it's fearsome and possesses great strength. An unsuspecting lumberjack would pick it up, thinking it was a coat, but instead speedily devouring or being devoured by the awoken monster. 
using pores alone or along or alone its inner surface. It sucks bones clean and leaves only small balls of cloth of its victims. Jeez. These balls look similar to that of spat out by owls. Oh, like the pellets. So this thing looks like a fur coat. It wraps around the base of a tree. When you pick it up and try to put it on, it literally wraps around you, sucks the meat off your bones. It thought it said it sucks the bones out. No, it sucks the bones clean is what it says. Oh, okay, okay. And then leaves only small balls of cloth and skin, like like an owl pellet. Pellets, yeah. That people may, uh, you know, pick apart in future science classes. And <laughs> What do you think about this thing? Uh, this one's pretty rough. It even has a MetaZoo card. Yeah, like, they, they all, all these have MetaZoo oh, cards. Oh, they do? Okay. That's kind of how I picked them. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's good. Because um, we love MetaZoo. I mean, MetaZoo's sweet. If you're, if you're not on the MetaZoo train, I mean, what are you doing? What? Are, no, I'm just kidding. But, no, I like this. This one's interesting. I bet it did start. I bet they were seeing, seeing like, weird, like, little fur patches around trees or something. I don't. I would like to know the origins of this story because... Probably seeing owl pellets, but really big ones from big, the, the ancient owls that used to eat men. Maybe so, yeah. What, like picking apart, find like a human skull in there? Just shoved into an owl pellet. That'd be insanely scary. I'd be, I would get out of that woods immediately, especially <laughs> if you're cutting down trees. It lures its victim within its reach. So this is the actual entry from the old book. Okay. Lures its victim within its reach. The animal employs one of the oldest strategies deceive, or, strat, or strategic devices known, that of playing on the... Capability of its capability pre- capability of its prey, being a rather slow gated beast, it has to resort to some uh, some form of low cunning. It's large, strong, and ferocious. The pellet is fine, long, and thin, with rich color of a mink. The body is often flattened, somewhat the way that old Hank McGims looked after he was rolled off his porch roof following the annual fish or fireman's dinner, uh, and sort of splayed himself out flat. When he just slid himself edgeways between <laughs> a couple of shed doors for a, for a coffin. What? That's some old story. Okay. This lumberjack stuff makes no sense to me. Yeah. The shape uh, the shape makes it possible for the for this creature to drape itself over a stump, uh, and about uh, about the butt of the tree standing near uh, Tot Road, in such fashion. Oh gosh, this is so written, so oldy. <laughs> it's high grade fur coat and robe that someone has dropped. Naturally, a passerby comes over to for a closer look with lightning fast flick. The blanket like body completely en- envelops its victim in numerous minutes, sucking pores, lining the inner vertical surfaces, are promptly brought into the action. And in no time, the bones are sucked completely clean of flesh. Some of these high ginger scientists, literally, is what it says. Some of these high ginger scientists okay. will tell you that these little balls of fur are often seen beside old stumps were spat out by owls, but you don't go and swallow the yarn. These balls are all that's left of the clothes worn by the greenhorns who ventured too near. Mm, too near to the rump diffusal. Man, yeah, if, these, if this were actually a real creature, this is not one I'd ever want to stumble across. So... Just a warning to all you out there. If you ever see a fur coat, you know, draped around a random tree in the forest. Yeah, what? So, lum- you know what? Leave it be. I was going to say, lumberjack lore often is two things. Number one, it's often explaining a natural phenomena, you know, with something with a monster. Right. The second thing is, it's often telling a warning or a story or a life lesson. 
Which means leave things alone. So what's the life lesson here? Leave nature as it is. And what's the life lesson with the Walp Lucy? Uh, don't stab your spouse in the chest with a <laughs> with an object. No, I think the lesson. No, I think the lesson one. with the Rumpfusel is that things may not be what they seem. Uh, there's no such thing as a free gift like that. There you go. That's probably a like good one. Like something like that. Like, like a fur coat. Like, yeah. Like, don't, like, if it's too good to be true, it often is. Right. That's true. So I think it's that kind of mentality, maybe. Yeah. What do you think? I No, I agree with you on the rump diffuser. The first one, I don't I know. don't understand, unless it's, like, literally, they were seeing, like, bird tracks mixed with, like, mouse tracks, and it was just, like, a fun thing. Weird. Like it said in the Wild Lucy that there's just, it's the lowest rating of the fearsomeness. Right, yeah. It's not even scary or harmful. It's got a lower rating than the squonk. And that's saying something because a squonk can't do nothing but unless you unless unless you're like an inch tall and you could drown in the squonk tears, that's about as dangerous as it could be. Are you ready for the final one of this short episode? Yeah. The Winnipoof. Winnipoof? Yeah, we've covered this one before. Sounded familiar. Uh when our Wampus Cat episode. I'm Googling it really quick. This is the thing that eats Wampus cats. Maybe that's why I remember. The gilly goalie fish is also what it's to know. It's Pescaberius Thomasinus. A person demonstrated the last step of how to capture one, the Winnipoof or the Gilio fish, uh, erroneously called the Winnipoof or the Winnipoofit. Mm. It's a large fish notorious for its juicy flesh and for its name that sounds something like out of the House of Hogwarts. They are only found in perfectly circular lakes, hence, they are very elusive. But if you do see one, it is said that you should immediately make an attempt to capture it. Catching one is tricky, but it's doable. To capture, row to the exact center of the lake, bore a square hole in the water, bait the hole with cheese. <laughs> the best type of cheese will attract the Winnipoof sooner are Stillian, Brie, uh, Linden, Lindenzox, and Lindenberger. Oh. Usually the Winnipoof will smell it quickly. And uh, if you list, or if you get one off this list of cheese, it will come to the surface to feast. When it emerges, spit tobacco juice in its eyes. <laughs> this will make the creature so angry that it will not go back into the lake. Yeah, you can easily net it. The one poof lives in Idaho and is one is one responsible for defeating and putting the wampus cat to rot, because the winnipoof comes down both sides of the lake at once. I just, I love the tobacco spit in its eyes. I bet it burns. <laughs> just, it's so ridiculous. Like, so I want to go back over this. Yeah, there was a lot going on there. To capture it, you roll exactly to the middle of the lake. Right. It's only found in circular lakes, but from the from the Wampus Cat lore, it's not only found in lakes, it's found in circular parts of rivers too. Okay. But it has to be perfectly circular. It makes sense. Like most of the time you had to lure the Wampus Cat into an island in the middle of a perfectly circular section where rivers are on both sides. Gotcha. So you roll, you roll out to the perfectly center of the lake. Like, 100%, you had to be right on dead center. If you don't, you're wrong. Like You, you ain't gonna, catching yeah. this thing. You bore a square hole into the water. They, now, they, they do make tools that do drill square holes. It's a very That's unique, not the problem. It's, not, it's a very unique bit, but you need a giant one probably, I would assume. No. You're, are you not getting this? What, bore a square hole? Into the water. Oh, I thought it just meant into the bed. No. Okay. You oh, have no. to bore it into the surface of the water. Makes sense. Makes sense. It's very, very easy to do. Yeah, it's doable. Now, I don't know if you're actually like 
Yeah, I mean, and you could just you just draw a square in the water. You just draw a square, and then you have to put a piece of cheese in the hole, right in the middle. Now it has to be stinky cheese. Now, if you get me a nice hot piece of brie right out of the oven, smear some preserves on top of it, and give me a cracker, I will be in that hole too. And then once it comes to eat the cheese, you have to spit tobacco juice in its eyes. <laughs> so funny. It will enrage the Winnipoof. Yeah. Okay, makes sense. And then you net it, and then you eat it. Makes sense. Now I can be I can relate to the tobacco juice, not in the eyes, but when I was like nine, we went on vacation in Florida, and uh, it was me and my two brothers at the time. My sister, no, I was probably less than nine because my sister wasn't even born yet. It's probably like seven, and uh, you know, we we drove from Ohio to Florida for vacation for the summer, middle of summer, real hot. Mom and dad, they dropped us off. We got to the apartment, or apartment, whatever, the condo, whatever we were staying at the time. And uh, they just dropped, you know, they unloaded us. We unloaded all the stuff. And they let us, okay, we're going to go to the grocery store, load up for the week. We'll be back. So they left me and my brothers there. My brother's old enough to watch us. You know, we're cool. I got so thirsty because we had nothing. I'm not going to drink out of the sink. But I see a nice root beer sitting there on the counter. And I was so thirsty. I grabbed the root beer, shook it. There's still some in there. So I took a big, nice gulp of the root beer to quench my thirst. When I got to about the bottom, or, or my th- neck meets my chest and my throat, that's when I knew it wasn't root beer. It was my dad's chew spit from the ride oh. all the way down from Ohio to Florida. And I took the biggest gulp of it because I was dying of thirst. And every bit of that came right back out. And I was and my throat was burning. And I spit it all over the table. And I left it because I was angry and upset. And still thirsty, and my throat was on fire from my dad's chew spit. And I knew at that moment, still to this day, I will never touch chewing tobacco. I will never use it. It's disgusting. That ruined everything. Well, obviously would ruin it for you, but just a good, one of those good childhood memories that has burned into your soul for the rest of your life. So the wind and poof. Yeah, so I can relate to it why you get so angry. Is found on both sides of the lake at the same time. Now there's some the conjecture. Now there's some conjecture whether it's a pair of wind and poof. Okay. And they happen to work like on opposite sides, and that's just how they feed. Or it's two headed creature, like a long worm. Like a bobbit worm. Like a bobbit worm, except with two ends. Right. Like two two mouths. Right. Uh, uh, I don't know. I was going to say, what's it called when snakes have, like, two heads? Oh, I don't know. Having Me. two heads? Yeah, Siamese bobbit worms. That's what this thing is. Siamese bobbit worm. Yeah. So what do you think of that? I would love to know the origins of this, because uh, this is beyond even fisherman's tale. You know, you just bore a hole in the water. Like, I think this comes from the impossible task. Mm. So when older members of one group try to give impossible tasks to younger younger members or greenhorns or whatever. Is it like uh, equivalent to uh, uh, snipe hunting? That, because snipes are in the Fearsome Creatures book. Yeah. Uh, I think it's something like that or something to where like blinker fluid. Blink, yeah. If you don't know, let me, I'll do the blinker fluid story real quick. Uh, if you're new to like, if you're pretty green when it comes to taking care of your vehicle, um, they'll ask you, you know, your blinker light goes out. They'll tell you, oh, did you, did you forget to refill the blinker fluid? If, if you know about cars or any, you know, 
basic knowledge. You know, some people don't think about cars at all. You just get them, you turn the key, you put gas in it, and that's it. But so you'll tell people, oh, you must be out of blinker fluid. And then they'll go to the store to fix their car looking for blinker fluid. It's pretty funny. You just send them on the impossible task. So that's why I kind of get the this is the impossible task. They talk about this monstrous fish that you have to do all these weird things. And people fish with cheese. Like, that is a common thing. Right, yeah, yeah. Like, that is an actual bait people use and actually have really good success on. Catfish. So there's, uh, it's not even just catfish. Some predators really actually eat it. Oh, really? Yeah. Especially if it's stinky enough. Well, it's just, yeah, it's just new. It's It's got different colors. It produces oils. Yeah. So it's just like all, it's a lot of stuff where it's an investitory bite or whatever. But it's got all these things and you look at it and... I don't know if it's something to be like, well, if you have greenhorns really bugging you, you <laughs> tell them to go hunt the Winnipoof because it's the best tasting fish. Yeah. We all haven't had one in forever. There's a perfectly round lake over here. Here's a list of what you got to do to catch them. Got a guy reading that list. It's oh, like if it's gosh. the annoying new guy. Yeah. And you send him out and he's like, and you're like, only men can catch this. You know, you just, you put that kind of spin on it. I can see that. Actually makes a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> and then. But then you, everybody in the camp already is in on it. Right, except the new guy. Right, so everybody's like, yeah, you know, I caught one when I was 18. You know, I caught, you know, or, you know, it's a it's a man's thing. Right, yeah, right. Sets them right up for it. I mean, pretty equivalent to snipe hunting. <laughs> pretty yeah. equivalent. I just think snipes are more used or aimed towards children. Right, yeah, I know. You yeah. know, a snipe's a real bird. Right, it is, but not around this area. There's no snipes in Ohio, right? We have lesser and greater snipes in Ohio. What? We have what? Lesser and greater snipes. Lesser and greater snipes. I can see. I don't know if you're being serious or not. I don't. I have no idea. I don't know. If there's nice, nice. I don't know if there's any in Ohio. Okay, you made that up. Okay, you made this lesser and greater thing up. Yeah. Okay, good. It's a common thing with birds to call one a lesser. Uh, one I, fig- greater. I figure. Oh, it's spotted ones too. You know. Oh yeah. They got those ruffled tit. <laughs> that is a bird here in Ohio. I know. Blue-footed booby snipes. That's not in Ohio. I know. Did a project on those birds back in. There's like, ruffled tit, mouse tit. Mm-hmm. I do know about those, yes. Indeed. <laughs> I just about made a bad joke. <laughs> no, let's not do that. This is about a cow. I don't even... Uh, you, are you just going to do it now? Yeah. Okay. Where would you find a cow tit? <laughs> Was that... Uh, the Under the cow. Oh, yeah, duh. Yeah. Under the cow. <laughs> it's the first place you should look. Under the cow. I don't know. Uh... That was utterly awesome. But some of like, I don't know, like I don't like lumberjack folklore is so weird that it's got a little bit of like we talked about explaining natural phenomena, then it's a little bit of life lessons, and it's a little bit of this kind of stuff, right? And then it's like even dealing with like we didn't do it like the uh, the funeral mountain uh, casket beast is one, <laughs> okay? And it's like I think it's like a story to deal with like mortality and stuff like that. It's it's really weird. Like lumberjack folklore is, I don't know how to explain it. It's not a religion, but it's 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 a it's folklore. I mean, it's a whole group of folklore devoted to a specific type of person that was doing right. a very hard job in a very harsh area. You know what? It reminds me of like equivalent to hmm. is like uh, cowboy campfire stories. So, yeah, yeah, like yeah. When you're riding across the country, I don't don't know. I mean, I don't. But they stop at campfire, and you, your entertainment was you'd tell a story. Uh, wise kids, you know, actually have a really good skill on that. They tell the fun, like they're cowboy, ruffled cowboys, and then they sit and t- tell campfire stories. But they're like, they're really like, they're not what you'd think a uh, ruffled 
cowboys come up with. You know, they come up with like these really cute stories. <laughs> and then they, well, stay tuned next week or next tomorrow night when to see what old Daisy Lou, you know, <laughs> it's just like little stupid things. It's really, really, really funny. The best cowboy story ever is in The Good Dinosaur. The, the animated cartoon thing. That's, oh, I haven't seen that in a long time. The good Dinosaur. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, Paul T-Rex. Yeah. The, he's like the orange-colored looking one, right? They're Peachy. all orange, yeah. Okay, like peachy colored? Yeah. I remember. Okay, I remember this. When he tells his croc story and then he tells talks about being a man. Being a man is about being scared but still doing the right thing. That's right, yeah. I haven't seen... Man, I haven't seen that the since... Best cowboy story from a T-Rex. Wow. I have to revisit that. It's a good movie. Yeah, The Good Dinosaur. Good throwback. Came out when I was real, that when I was little. I remember watching. I think right. You sure? Maybe I'm thinking of a different one because no, that it, sounds so familiar. That, no, you're thinking of the right movie, but it came out when I was in high school. Then uh, maybe it, no way. Then I'm thinking of another one then because no. there's one I watched when I was real young. There's, I mean, you had the T Rex exactly right. See, maybe I'm mixing them up then. Yeah. Maybe my memories back then because I remember watching a good like a dinosaur movie when I was little, but it wasn't Lamport Time, nothing like that. Maybe maybe you got your dates wrong. Maybe you were shocked. Maybe that movie's older than you think. Well, what do you think about Lumberjack Folklore? I think th- I think they're awesome. I mean, I really like them. Um, they're fun. You know, they they may have some basis of or some resemblance of truth hidden in them in some way or another. But I was out of high school when it came out. Gosh, so I'm definitely thinking about you're it. wrong and dumb. Well, one of those could be true. 2015. Oh, then I'm not thinking of the same movie. Unless they remade the they remade it. I don't know. There's this old dinosaur movie that I'm thinking of that's not Lamb for Time. No, I think you're confused again. I think you I have to be. I think that's you're thinking of the right movie and you're just putting equating it further it, back in it, your head. I'm equating it to another movie from mm-hmm. my past, yeah. Some things when you get my age, some things just bleed together. And who knows? Anything could be possible. <laughs> Holy moly. There we go just my bits on the board my sound bites um but yeah i i like the lumberland stories they're fun um but i the impossible task one i never even thought of something like that before but that makes so much sense oh, the impo- like that being some of these yes yes it but makes then, like, so much sense especially if you're just chilling around like a fire at night of course you're gonna do that to screw with a new guy like that's just a human nature i think oh yeah oh yeah Especially modern day human nature, which modern day, I mean, you know, modern human. It's just, we all got it in us. I think that's it. Yeah, this has been fun. I like so these little this stories. this little short things. Uh, we did this, I mean, as you can see, I didn't I didn't read a lot of this beforehand. Yeah. Uh, because literally the, the season finale is like killing me. <laughs> this is the most words of any script I've ever done. So so buckle up, guys. I think Again. it's twenty two thousand words. That's a lot. That's a lot. It's more in your yeah. Than it that. is. Yeah, I'm not going to mention it's that. It's two thousand more. Um, but maybe this may inspire some Lumberland art in the future. If you guys got Lumberland art and want to like make it, or if any of these stories like inspired you, draw something up, send to our PO box. We'll share it on our Facebook page, or just or if you want to make it, just share it on our Facebook group. Like that'll be fun. Heck, we may even buy it from you. That might be that too. Yeah. By the rights. We right. buy the rights. You're right. Uh, no, it's just, I don't know. Lumberjack stuff is so much fun, and we're gearing up for Squonkapalooza. That's our speaking thing is, like, other Lumberland monsters. Right. At Squonkapalooza yeah. in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, where we are speakers at the first annual Squonkapalooza Fest. Uh, did you say a different town again? No, Johnstown. I said this time. I swear you said, it, I swear you said like, 
something else. I was doing a weird voice, so I probably like Jamestown or something like that. I'm like, that's why I said the first time. <sighs> I always think it is James, but you're right. It's John, not James. John's town. But yeah, it'll be fun. All right, guys. We'll see you Wednesday. Bye. Thank you for listening to Crips of the Corn podcast. Please share with a friend you think would like us. It's the best way to help our show grow. Leave a comment, rate us, a five-star review. And remember, there is always extra content on Patreon slash CripsOfTheCorn.com. And don't forget, stay magical. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.